Welcome to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Hugh Culver, a BCN right here in Canada, uh, who started a different type of business. You know, I've been a blogger um, ooh, for 20 years, and it was the way I kind of expressed myself, and it was the way I actually, a lot of my own self-discovery came from that blogging. And I've met many, many a, a person who kind of reached out and started a blog, and then it just suddenly erupted into something else and led them down a different road. But, you know, he says, how do you use your blog to build your business? In the world of Facebook advertising and interruption media, blogging might seem old-fashioned. In fact, your blog could be the secret to a highly successful marketing strategy. So he's going to teach us how BlogWorks can help create a blog for your business that's going to attract the attention that you need and also that makes it a wee bit more personal, uh, which is what we need in this business today because business is always about relationships, isn't it, Hugh? Totally. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. And thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, it, the actually the inter I was thinking of your introduction and thinking to the way blogs actually started um, on the internet, which mm -hmm. was over 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And when blogs first came on the internet, it was very innocent. It was very sort of uh, personal, as you said, and it was more about expressing your interests and maybe your travels, mm -hmm. or later than it was, you know, what you uh, recipes. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is still true. The area of blogging that I'm mostly interested in is when people are using a blog to attract an audience. Mm -hmm. One of the unique aspects of a blog is that it gets people to slow down. Yes. And it gets people to slow down and consume this content uh, and for much longer than they would normally spend on any of the other social media channels. And so I became really interested in blogging about 10 years ago because I was spending most of my time working time as a public speaker. And so I was uh, traveling around giving speeches at conferences and, uh, and I was at the same time trying to attract clients to my, to my business. And so I started blogging. And like most people, my blog started out as sort of random talks, mm -hmm. thoughts and, and topics. And I would, you know, come back from the airport and think, oh, that's a great story. Let's talk about airports and <laughs> the, the hassle. And then I started to get a little bit more strategic and started to marry between, okay, what is it that I get paid for? And what is it I want to write about? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to get paid for time management lessons and training and messages, then I should start writing about time management, but in my own way. And so a really effective blog finds this marriage between what's relevant to your business, what is it actually you get paid for. So for example, a lot of our clients are service professionals, uh, which could be a lawyer or an architect, but also could be someone who's a coach or a consultant. And so what is it that you're, is relevant to what you get paid for? So what is unique about your approach to that business? And then it has to be a marriage between that and what people are actually looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So another aspect that's very unique about blogs, which is very different than interruption advertising or marketing, as you mentioned, is that people come to the blog. And so um, they are searching for something. They are looking for an answer. So they're typing a question into whatever they're using, Chrome or Bing or whatever. And that search engine will then try to match the search query with some kind of content. And when it does that, it brings people to your website. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of amazing to think about this because, and, and, and frankly, a lot of our clients don't even know this is, is happening. So for example, they'll say, oh, I'm trying so hard. You know, I, um, uh, well, in the old days, I, I, you know, I, I go to these conventions, like I go to these networking events before COVID, I do all of this outreach. And then when I look at their website, I'll say to them, well, did you know there's 300 people a day coming to your website? Like, or 200 people a day are coming to your website. So they're actually knocking on your door. Yeah. And, and, and so we, the blog attracts people because people are searching for something and the search engine then sends them to the blog. And then when they get to the blog, they spend time on the blog. So it's these two wonderful aspects that are of a blog's performance that are very different than any other kind of marketing. The thing about going to a blog is that you go to a blog, you become engaged. Now you're intrigued. Now you right. start clicking on all the other tabs. Right. Right. You want to know, oh, OK, what's their services? What, uh, what's about them? Um, before I interview anyone, I always go to their site, you know, read about them in mission right. and everything else, because I want to know who they are. Very often, I actually do find that, you know, when I have a pre-conversation before a show and I look at their site and I go, you know what? disconnect that site's not representing who you are sure. and so when the people meet you there is no congruency there but when we go to a blog we don't stop there and if we're going to the blog we're, we're giving ourselves time to read it we're looking for that information as you said and we're being engaged and uh, that blog will say a great deal about the business or about what's going on and it does invite you to inquire more so um, mm -hmm. You know, thing about blogging, it also keeps your site current because too many people put up a site and then don't do anything else with it. And it's stagnant. And of course, it, on the CEO, it's really right down there. When you're always putting content up, you're keeping it fresh, you're keeping it up there engaged, and you're inviting people, aren't you? That's, yeah, very, very true. And so there's two points there. The first is that, yes, a blog should express your personality. And um, in fact, uh, it's, it's um, when we work, start working with clients, Sarah, like quite often we'll see really good content that is absolutely devoid of any personality. Mm -hmm. And somehow the entrepreneur thinks, well, if my blog is going to be valuable, I just simply have to answer this question the best way possible. And that's true. But what you're trying to do as well is build rapport yeah. with that audience. And it's no different than, again, I always have to say now the old days before COVID, <laughs> but it's no different than going to a convention. So you go to this convention and maybe there's the plenary, you know, main stage, and then you go to these breakout rooms. And over the course of, let's say, two days, you go to these different workshops. It's the person you develop rapport with, uh, an affinity of some kind, maybe because they've gone through something that you're going through. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because 
you appreciate that um, maybe they're even the same age as you or they have a certain way of speaking or the examples they use really resonate with you. Once you have affinity in, with that person, you're much more likely to want to work with that person. Even though the person next door had the same information, it's the person that you build rapport with. And so that's what a blog can do is, and so we really, when we're writing the blog articles for our clients, we're going to interview the client. Mm -hmm. We're going to create a profile for that client. We're going to look at their other content. Um, we're going to go on social media and see how they create updates in social media so that we can reflect that personality in the, in the article. So that's, that's like, that's one aspect um, of a blog. And then the second thing you mentioned is really true, which is that it keeps your website current. Yes. So there's some, it's like, it's like you with your podcast. So every time you publish a new podcast, there's something to go and see. Yeah. And there's a reason for people to come back to you. And, and then I always see my podcasts are podcast blogs. You know, I'm a, I'm a true colors mm. coach. You know, the four key personalities, I'm always trying to make sure I address every key personality. Right. So it is a blog. It's always about what we're going to be talking about, about the bio. It's got the graphics right. in there. You know, it's, it's got all the information there. So whatever key personality trait you're talking to, you know, there's something there for, for everybody. So many coaches that I talk to, it's like, I just want to be busy working with my client. I don't know how to do all this other stuff. Right, right. And right, that's exactly right. what you're filling that void on, isn't it? Is that they don't have time or they may be a great speaker, but they don't know how to transfer it to page. Yeah. Um, and so many people get caught up with technical or facts or, you know, it's very dry. It's not very warm, but they're very warm. They just don't know how to, you know, put it on paper. And really what we want is to see uh, the coach or whatever the client is yeah. busy, too busy to actually be writing anything. So you've stepped in with a service that speaks on their behalf, that invites people through the door and wants to know them more. <clears throat> yeah, very true. And, and we also update other content. So uh, we may be writing an original article for that client, but we also might be working from let's say an old blog post that that's maybe three years old or mm -hmm. some of them are seven years old we will update them and republish them and that's a extremely effective way for us to take their original content and then to supercharge it might maybe make it a bit longer add some seo keyword research to that we're going to put in a lot of the linking that they usually miss mm -hmm. so for example as you mentioned it's really important when people go to that blog article that, that they're invited to go to other yes. parts of the business. So that's another way that we work is we just took on, for example, a, a bookkeeper, or sorry, a financial advisor in North Carolina. I think he had over 400 blog articles. Well, the reality is when you have that much content and also as it gets aged, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work anymore. It's not pulling traffic. And so um, our strategy is just to go in, analyze all those articles, and then we decide which ones at what time are going to get updated. So in his case, let's say twice a month, we will update two articles and republish them. 
And, and so, the thing is, good wisdom does not die. All it right. may be is that it needs to be updated to current right. events or current times. And as you say, right. current links. Um, I've been writing, you know, for now 19 years. And I'll read a blog and go, oh, gosh, who wrote that? And it's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I forgot I wrote it. And the content is still very valid. But I need to kind of update it apropos to where I am today or right. what's happening today. And as you said, links. If you've got a certain topic on that, blog uh, and it's relatable to a service that you're having then there should be for more information click right to that service yeah. people are lazy take them directly to where you want them to go right and this is this speaks again to having rapport mm. so when i go to your website and if i have rapport with you as i do then i'm going to say well what else has sarah written it's no yeah. different than listening to a podcast and thinking i really like this host but what else have they recorded right and i think that in a way, when we think of, um, you know, the statistics are always being thrown around, Sarah, that there's um, 2.4 billion people on Facebook and there's 350 million people on LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is that people don't go everywhere. They just go right. to where they are comfortable. Yes. And so it might be that when I go on LinkedIn, there's 350 million other users on LinkedIn, but I'm not going to go to them. I'm going to go to the people that I trust mm -hmm. and I want to follow. And that's where a blog has this remarkable ability to get people to slow down, get them to absorb and enjoy what you're writing, if it's a fit, and then and then to build this empathy and, and rapport where they want to now go and consume more. And uh, yeah, it's, a very, it's very unique. And, and yet at the same time, when I speak to marketing agencies and marketing gurus, they consider it kind of old fashioned because all they all want to do is sell advertising yes. and, and get people on Instagram and build Instagram followers. And all of that stuff is fine and it's great, but it's highly competitive. And you're on a platform, doesn't matter which social media channel you choose, including YouTube, especially YouTube in some cases, but you're on a platform that not only has highly competitive, which is designed to distract people, it's designed to get people moving around and going to different places. You know, when you're watching a YouTube video, there's six more videos that pop up. Yes, and then yes. there's an advertisement that interrupts you. Mm -hmm. um, but also, uh, you know, the expression is it's rented land. Mm. What, you know, what that means is, well, you know, Facebook owns Instagram and they paid a billion dollars for it. There's no way they're going to lose money with it. And so there's going to be a way that they're going to manipulate it so that they get more people to stay longer, but to eventually buy something. Right. And so um, my, one of my arguments for blogging is, well, you own the website, you own the content. Right. It's yes. yours. Right? And also you don't lose it. You know, the thing is right. in any streamline, you know, where, where was that article? It was really good. Right. I want to share it and it's gone. You know, it's right. like down on this long stream. And, you know, talking about that connection, everything is an algorithm. Right. So all your social medias are an algorithm. And when you think about it, we are an algorithm. We're going to be attracted to like vibed, right? To, right. to like frequency to people. And I'm only on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'll admit I use Twitter basically just as a posting. Where I'm actually engaged is Facebook and LinkedIn. Right. And, you know, we, we talk about everything in business today that you've got to be a participant and you've got to be interactive and you have to build 
relationship yeah. with people. Uh, I'll have people say, how many people listen to your shows? And I go, all those that are needing to hear. Because the show is there directed for people who are looking right. for that subject. It's not about the numbers. It's about the quality of the information right. and right. who it reaches. But having a blog is something that is on your site. If people can scroll down to all the other blogs there as well, but you own that real estate. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get lost anywhere. And the beauty of it is, is that if you see a posting on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or any of these other things, and you see it's apropos to what's been written or apropos to your services, oh, we did a blog on this, click, right. come and read all about it, because now That's you're right. actually addressing their problem that you've got a solution to. Right. That's really good. Um, and uh, unlike... Um, all these other social media updates, I can go back to my blog and I can update it so yes. I can add to it. Yes. Uh, so this morning I, I published a blog that was written in March, but I wasn't happy with it. So I updated it. And that's, that's a pretty, it's pretty unusual. You know, as an author, I can't really update my book. Right. And as someone that uses LinkedIn, I can't really update a blog, uh, uh, an update on LinkedIn that was a month ago. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to find it. So right. yeah, so it's it's very interesting. And what I spend my time during the day doing, Sarah. So I have a team of ten people, and um, that manage the clients, manage the onboarding, but also manage all the writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I spend my time doing is 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 trying to explain to entrepreneurs and small business owners that uh, content marketing. Uh, should include some kind of content that is uh, going to slow people down. So whether that's a blog, it could be videos, Mm -hmm. but it should be something that slows people down and gets them to understand your unique approach to your business. Mm -hmm. And so, right. And so for example, um, I'm working with a lovely woman in New Mexico right now, and she is a, marketing expert for architects Mm -hmm. so she helps architects to grow their business well we're working with her and her architect clients and so in her case what i'm trying to do is with all the writing that we're doing for her is to express her unique approach well she used to be a landscape architect so we now we want to bring that through we want to make sure that she portrays herself and builds a brand based on having been in the trenches so yes. she was in the transition. So she understands what it's like to be an architect. And so when she's helping architects, she's coming from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And so what we don't want is for her to sound like every other marketing expert. Right. Right. So the whole idea is in our writing, we want to express that uniqueness. And, and it's that uniqueness, which, which on one hand is going to narrow your audience because it's not for everyone. Right. But on the other hand, the audience that it appeals to, it's a much stronger appeal. It's more likely to get the clients. You know, we've been sold for quite so long. You know, the more is more. You've got to have millions of followers. You've got to have this, you've got to have that. And it's like, okay, fine, if you're the Cardassians. That's right. all it is. It's just empty right. following. And, you know, uh, but when you're look, actually looking at having some content, if I want to do business with you, if I'm looking for a service, yeah. I want to read something that I connect with. I yeah. want to read something that makes me feel that you will relate to my problem. Yeah. I want to feel that you're going to treat me as a person. Right. Right. Not as just a, you know, a, an, another invoice. And I think for so long we've been sold the flash, 
you know, uh, what we're really hungry for now, because there are so many people out there, is mm -hmm. that can I connect with you? Do you hear me? Do you see me? Can I relate? Mm -hmm. Can I communicate with you? And we have to approach that in whichever way we can. And the blog is something that by the time they finished reading it, they either agree mm -hmm. with it or they don't. But if they do, they're going to want to comment and they're going to want to know more. Mm -hmm. That's really good. So can I can I share something with me with yes. you? Because you've, you've got okay. So, Sarah, we're going to use uh, extremely untechnical technology here because <laughs> you just you just touched on a really uh, sorry pet topic of mine. So here's what I'm, I'm going to do. This is this just for fun. Let's do it this way because I think it'd be fun on something as technical as Zoom. Okay, to not do anything technical. How's this? Right. So, so for people who are just listening, it's just right. kind of a, almost a triangle of a three a lines. A triangle. So mm -hmm. one of the conversations that naturally occurs, Sarah, when I'm speaking to entrepreneurs is what you just talked about, which is I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. So what I hear often is I want to build my following on Instagram. I got to figure out how to use Facebook. I wonder if I should be on Facebook groups. No, no, no. I got to build an online course and then I should, no, I should write a book first. Then I should build an online course. That's what I should do. No, no, no. I should build a mailing list. And so this simple little design for those of you listening just through your earbuds uh, or driving your car, it's just a, a sales funnel. And at mm -hmm. the top, at the top of the funnel, we all need something that's free. Yes. We all need something that's free. And in my world, it's something free that makes people slow down. So mm -hmm. we talk, we use blogs, but people right. use YouTube videos and they use Instagram and, and they use their, their email. That's fine. Whatever it is, it should be attracting new people. Yes. That is free. So it's free content. This is the new world. It didn't, you know, when I was in business as a 15 year old, we never did it this way. All we did was we basically sent out brochures mm -hmm. and maybe we bought advertising, but there was no free content. So the world right. of content marketing is all about there's something free to consume. And we do this, dear entrepreneur, because there's so much competition. Yes. The alternative is you pay to play. Mm. So if you want to pay to play, great. So now you don't have to bother. You can save yourself a lot of time, but you're going to have to pay every day to get one uh, person to look at you. So the next level down, as I go down this sales funnel, so imagine if you're listening to this, at the top is a really wide funnel and then we go down, it gets narrower. The next level down, you get the consumer to make some decision. That's it, they have to make some decision. So they're enjoying this free content and then they click on something yeah. or they fill in a survey or they join your list yes. or they download a document. This is a very important first step and uh, second step in a sales funnel. What a lot of entrepreneurs want to do is they want to put something on Instagram and get a sale. Yes. It doesn't work that way. No, you it doesn't get, folks. <laughs> you got to get the consumer to say yes to something. So uh, Robert Cialdini in his book, Influence, which every entrepreneur should read, talks about the six social influencers. And these are things that are universal, that we, we just are naturally going to be influenced by these things. And one of them is consistency. Mm -hmm. So when I get a consumer to say yes to something, like for example, they're reading a blog post, that's the free content, 
and then they click because they want to learn more about that topic and they go to another blog post, I have now got them doing something which they're going to want to be consistent with. Very similar to if they agree to join my email list and then I send them an email, they're going to be slightly more uh, likely to open that email right because it they, because it's consistent yes it's 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 no different than um uh, a speaker turning mm. to the audience and asking do you agree mm. and when that speaker gets the audience to nod their head and say yes i agree they're doing that because it manipulates the audience to say yes again mm. yeah like okay yeah and so engagement the third right and then the third level is revenue Right. Now there's lots of different variations. So maybe there's four levels or whatever. I teach four, but let's just keep it to three. Free content and up from that free content, a percentage of people, not everyone, but a percentage of people will go, yeah, I want that next thing. Sure. And maybe it's a $7 uh, ebook. Maybe they join a webinar. Maybe they subscribe to your podcast, but they're saying yes to something. And then the third level is the revenue. So what all entrepreneurs need to think is, it's great that you dream about creating all this stuff. Yes. But if you have not figured out how to build a sales funnel, you are procrastinating. I 100% agree with you there. And I'm a solopreneur. So I'm wearing all the hats. Right. And at some point I thought, Sarah, your head is getting wobbly here. Your neck can't take all these hats. So right. something has to give. And right. so I had to narrow it down as to exactly what I was going to give, where right. I wanted it to go and what I right. was going to spend time on. And right. that was something that was extremely important of not trying to do everything. This is where right. we learn the word delegate. And, you know, what I find today, there are so many wonderful people out there that are willing to share, that are wonderful sharers. And so you build a relationship with those people, you send them the latest blog, and they're happy to share it out because it's it's a community that we're building, right? And, but if you, you know, as I said, so many people, I just want to do my work. I'm no good at the other stuff or I don't have time for it. Well, that's where you hire someone to do it for you because they're right. going to bring that traffic to you. Um, I just eight hours a day. I'm dedicated to doing this. I'm not. This is my work. Right. So right. I'm not Perfect. serving clients over there. It is here right now. Perfect. Know your world. Know yeah. what, what, your, what your gifts are, what you're really good yeah. at doing. Know what you're not good at. Don't beat yourself up because you're not. Find somebody else that is good at it that can benefit you. But don't be all over the place. I have people who send me um, the information for the shows, and I only ask for three social medias. I've had people send me 20. I didn't even know they existed. It's right. like you are diverting my attention. Right. I feel you all and theirs. And theirs. It's way too scattered. Hone people in so that they feel that they actually can interact with you. Where where, where, where do I follow you? (laughs) Don't be confusing, right? Right. Yeah, I think that I was just speaking to a colleague of mine in England earlier today and talking to him about this topic because I was asking him if he. Um, how he approaches entrepreneurs that have that sort of thing going on, like just too much stuff, you know? And again, I mean, I'm being a bit um, 
facetious, I suppose, by saying you're procrastinating, but I truly believe that if you haven't figured out how to make money and you're busy, then you're procrastinating. Because if you're busy, you should be making gobs of money. And if you're busy but not making money, then you're actually spinning your wheels, most likely with all due respect, doing things that are a form of procrastination. So I think that a lot of activities on social media are just a way to kill time. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the, the statistics, time spent on Facebook, for example, it just blows me away. I just don't know how, or Pinterest, like how people are spending that much time on uh, that platform. Now, if it's purely for pleasure, right on, go for it. But if you're thinking, for example, as an entrepreneur who does not have a following, if you're thinking that you're going to build a following from scratch on a social media channel that's going to turn into revenue, you are delusional, delusional, because <laughs> it won't happen. Yeah, you'll get a little following and you'll get a little trickle of business from that, but you're not going to build a business that way. That's that's 10 years ago, eight years ago. You've missed the train on that right. one. So you need to go to a sales funnel. You say, okay, free content, get them to make a decision and then get them to pay me money. And I know it sounds incredibly simplistic, but that's how sales works. And so, but from that free content, make a decision, give me money from that. You can then go and say, well, now I'm going to take what I do live and put it into a course because I've used that sales funnel to build a mailing list. Right. And so when I had an online course, it was incredibly successful out of the gate. And for three years, I just couldn't believe the kind of sales that I was getting. But that's because I had 15 years of building up a mailing list. Yes, yes. And, and getting people to say yes and say yes, and then nurturing them and writing blogs and sending those out. I'd been nurturing them, building it, building it. So then when I decided, oh, I think the timing is right to have a, uh, to build an online course, it just like went, it went crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's because I had the background, right? Whereas if I was to go and try and build something off of Instagram, it'd be a joke. Like I don't have a, I don't care about Instagram. I don't have a following on Instagram. I know. I hate Instagram. Do not so, ask me to do anything on my phone. I'm right, seven hours a day here. Right. I don't want to start doing anything on my phone. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's difficult for entrepreneurs, I think, to wrap their heads around this because it's so sexy, right? Yes. This is what they hear about. Oh, I'm going to go build a YouTube channel. It's going to be unbelievable. I don't know how many people that have started a YouTube channel and have 15 views on their videos that took them hours and hours to build. So great if those 15 views are going to, everyone's going to turn into a sale, but there's other ways that you can develop a following where you have less competition. And in my books, it should always be on your website. Get people on your website. Now you control that land and then get them to go down your sales funnel. Right. And the thing is, is that if you've, if you've done it right and you've concentrated, you've, you've developed a, a following on your website. Right. You know, especially if there's always current content, if you're always having something to offer, right. um, you know, it's something that a reason to go back. Oh, I know their course. I don't need to go back. Oh, but what are they offering now? Right. Or what advice are they sharing now? Giving away free advice is so beneficial for several reasons. One, the advice is wonderful. Right. And, it, and it really does trigger people into, oh, I didn't know that. It invites people to connect with you because, well, if you're that wise about it and I connected with it, I need to know more, right? And it makes people more willing to open up the wallet 
because they've already liked the content that you have. They already have that synergy and that connection there. Everything in business is about a relationship, isn't it? We don't want to be an invoice number. We want to be a person doing business with somebody. But how do you draw those people in? And you know, I think the more the blogs not only address the business, but also bring a personal touch to it, because we know storytelling sells. It's very, very relatable. Yeah. It opens the doors to people to wanting to do business with you over the other 10 million people doing the same thing. That's really good. You know, as a podcaster, Sarah, you know this very well. Because you publish so many podcasts, it's quite easy for you to go look at the library of published podcasts mm -hmm. and see the response. Right? Yeah. You have immediate data, which is invaluable as an entrepreneur. Um, and again, I'm going to stop bashing social media right now because <laughs> there's a huge value in social media. One of the things about blogging is it's actually really easy to test the market with a blog. Yes. All you do is just publish on these different topics and you start to, you, you watch to see which topics get the most traffic. And it, as, as quickly as in 30 days, you'll start to see patterns. And then from that, um, you can start to identify, well, I should put more interest in that area. So for example, I was just with my sister-in-law yesterday, who's a naturopathic doctor, and she was visiting where I live in Kelowna. And I was suggesting to her, because it's one of the, one of my bad habits is telling entrepreneurs what to do. <laughs> Poor girl. And she was stuck in the That's car with calling. me. She was stuck in the car with me all the way to the airport. And I just said, you know, look, you're this really talented doctor and you are a specialist in autoimmune systems and we're in the middle of COVID. Right. Yes. Do you know, like we need a voice. Right. And so if people aren't worried now, they are definitely going to be worried in another few months when this thing keeps dragging on in terms of how to stay healthy to avoid getting sick, but also how to survive if you do get sick. And so um, test the market, you know, take 12 topics. Maybe it's about at work. Maybe it's about at home. Maybe it's about with your kids. Maybe it's about, um, autoimmune for people with this syndrome, autoimmune for this people, mm. and then just test the market, throw those topics out there. Let's just see what sticks. Let's let the world decide what they think is most popular. Um, I wrote some articles back in March and April at the beginning of the COVID outbreak pandemic that were all about how to, um, how to survive COVID as an entrepreneur. Right. From an entrepreneur's perspective. And they did extremely well. They, for the next three or four months, they were like in the top five or 10 of my articles on my website, which is saying quite a lot. We have yes. a lot of traffic to our website. And so it was just me throwing out some topics to see what sticks. And then from that, you've got good data and you can maybe say, well, I think there's a course opportunity here. Mm. I think I could, I could write a small book, an ebook about this. I could maybe run a webinar about this topic. I could go out and, and find other experts on this topic and invite them in and do a joint webinar with them or some kind of a joint promotion. But again, podcasts, I would say podcasts and webinars are unique in that way. Yeah, it, You can uh, measure the performance of them long after you've published them. Right. And that's really, what, you know, social media, you, it's very hard to measure anything. One thing I, yeah. I love, uh, um, you know, about what goes on on my site is I've got 2,700 shows here over the last mm -hmm. seven years. I've done 
probably 2,000 myself, others have been other hosts. And it, it always on the sidebar are shows that you know, other people have bought up. And it always amazes me that shows going back seven years suddenly have an interest. Right. right? And, you know, it, it, everything in life is a rhythm and a wave. And I right. find how much of certain information goes into a wave. All of a yeah. sudden, those type of shows are being looked for. Okay, this is what people want right now. Right, like I would like to interview your sister-in-law, please. <laughs> Most oh, certainly. Right. Oh, we should set that up. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. And like you, right in the beginning, I was doing so many shows on business on how to pivot your business, how right. to redirect, how to stay alive, and also a great deal on the attitude of dealing with it, not buying into the fear or the anxiety which weakens your immune system, a whole lot of thing. But I, for me, it's like I put out the library. I try and be mm -hmm. as current as possible according to what's going on in the world. Uh, but it always fascinates me of what comes up at what time. Because if it's good content, like mm -hmm. a good blog, as you said, you may go in and update it. But if it's good content, it'll never die. And somebody somewhere along the line is on that path, on that journey where that article is speaking to them. Oh, so, uh, it's, you know, yeah. I have I have articles on my website that get, let's see, what would they be getting? 80 to 100 people a day, mm -hmm. and they are over eight years old. Yeah. So yeah. if you do you do the math on that, yes, that they're they're getting twenty four thousand views a year. So over eight years, they've had almost twenty, uh, yeah, almost uh, let's see, eight years, about a hundred thousand views on one article that I wrote in like three hours. Right. And so that's because pretty it's hard relevant to replicate. Still. Pretty right. hard to and, replicate, and right? You you know, you obviously hit the ball out of the park at that time with that topic that's still very, you know, relatable. Yeah. Right. There's, there's one a lot thing of articles that don't do that. No, right, that. exactly, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, nobody's looked at that one. Okay, and then all of a sudden, somebody sees and it becomes a topic and it depends who, who people share it with. Right. Because right. you want to encourage people to share the content. There is one thing I do want to address because this is where I am weak, is the funnel of clientele. Right. And, you know, one of the things for me is that my passion is to get the information out there. So right. people have the tools, the skills and the people to help them on their whatever their path is in life. That's my main, that's where I feel I'm enriched and abundant with the work that I do. But I think also, if you're only looking at how many clients am I going to get out of this and your focus is on where the money is, I think you're going to miss the boat because really what it is, the clientele, it's about that. I'm saying it again. I'm sorry. I'm being caught. I mean, relationships. I want to do business with people that I feel I can relate to, that I can trust, that I'd even want to call a friend. Right. And then the money is, 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 it's an automatic, but right. if it's always, but I've got to get the sales, I've got to get the sales. Vibrationally, you're sending the energy to the wrong place instead of about the information and building the clientele that will bring you the sales. Right. And so um, a couple of thoughts around that. So as I mentioned earlier with my little bit of artwork, mm -hmm. um, one of the uh, key ingredients of any successful business is the sales funnel. If you're in a retail store, the sales funnel is very short. Mm. If you are selling a very expensive service, the sales funnel is very long because there's more decision steps that a consumer yes. goes through before they hire an architect for their home mm -hmm. or they hire someone that's going to come in and, um, you know, uh, design a marketing campaign for their business. Okay. That's, that's a given. The 
a number of things have happened in the, the last few years that have changed the way that people execute on that sales funnel. So obviously at the top end, there's a lot of different ways to uh, share free content, right? So podcasting is a new phenomenon, which is super exciting. Uh, blogging is making an enormous resurgence. Yes. Obviously we have now TikTok and Instagram and things that have only come out in the last few years that are free content. And Engage, short free. attention span. Right. And, and webinars and things like that. So all of that is relatively new. And then we move down to how do I get a person to go into those next steps? Well, at the next level, getting them to make a decision, there's also some new innovations. So one of the ones that most entrepreneurs should be paying attention to is getting their list built. Um, I'm convinced that it never gets old. One of the interesting aspects of an email is that it has resonance. When it arrives in your inbox, it um, has a whole different level of precedence and priority than any other, um, anything else that's distracting you because you invited it in. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like if you, you know, nonprofits know this, Sarah, if you give $20 to some nonprofit, they're going to keep hitting you up with mail forever oh, and ever yes. because... <laughs> The chance of you giving another $20 is like 400 times more than someone that's never given any money. Right. So the same thing with an email. A person contributes their email to your list, knowing full well that it's joining a list and they receive your email. They may read that email 10 days later. They may read it immediately because it has a different priority level to them and a different, it's again about consistency. So that's Definitely one aspect of getting a person to um, take make a decision. In my case, that second layer in the sales funnel is a, is a phone call. Mm. So my objective is, yes, I want to get them on my list, but I want to get them on a call. Because yeah. I know that if they reach out to me and, and uh, for a call, that the chances are pretty good that about 15 to 20% of those calls will turn into a sale. So it's a 30 minute call. And then we move into um, the third level. And the third level is, well, now how do I get them to make a purchase decision? And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, become, a, they just get freaked out because <laughs> they, well, there's so many things, Sarah. Like, first of all, as we talked about, they, first of all, they try to create some crazy monster product that they can't manage. And the one I'm hearing so much about right now is online courses. Mm -hmm. And I just want to shout from the rooftops, don't do it because you need to have so many things in place to make that successful. Um, if you've got a, if you have an existing client base that loves you and is simply looking for a way to now get you online, brilliant, go for it. Yeah. Because yes. they already buy from you. So right. a lot of my colleagues, they do work for, you know, they used to go to the insurance company. They used to go to the bank. They used to go to the trust company or the association and give a presentation. Great. Now go, now give it online, but don't start from scratch. What a lot of entrepreneurs do is they try to overbuild that last bit. They make it too complicated before they know anything. So they run off and get a Shopify account and they build up this big shopping cart and they get all this stuff, but they don't know anything. I, I, I encourage all entrepreneurs just to start really small and just have something really simple that people can buy. So the, one of the easiest things for most entrepreneurs, if they have any kind of expertise, is to sell coaching. 
Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. a very simple coaching package, like sell, you know, I don't know, three sessions or something like that. And, um, you know, my, my, my partner actually just got her first coaching sale yesterday and she's doing all these webinars and she has all this, um, people asking for advice. I said, well, just, just make it a simple package. You know, it's this much money. It's like six sessions or whatever. And she just mentioned it on one webinar and like the next day, this guy said, when do I start? So, right. um, the, the beauty with the coaching package is you don't have to have everything all defined. You don't have to have software that runs it. You don't have to worry about all that sort of stuff. But what you do get to do is you get to experiment. Mm-hmm. And, and that experimentation is how every business grows. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, of someone I interviewed earlier on this year who um, for 30 years have been working with organizations, big corporations yeah. on uh, management management. Right. So, you know, getting the managers together of the various departments, so right. interacting together, being each other's support. And she said, I haven't worked. Of course, they've all closed down. And I said, well, take the same information that you would have for the managers and now create that online program that you've already got, reverbage it and go after those coaches, those small entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that maybe in the health and wellness that they're not in direct competition, but they're in a complementary collaboration and where they can actually form their own group of support group. Cause that's what you wanted to do is have people support one another with the right skills and tools and yeah. with, with her management going in, keeping people on track, asking the right questions and everything else. So it's taking something she's always done just redirecting it to a different audience and just taking all the material and putting it together. So now it's online instead of in person and, uh, and serve a different audience, but you're, you're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Like that, that's, that to me makes sense yeah. that because she already has uh, proven expertise. Like yes. people have people, she has proven she's, market tested it yes yes so now it makes sense to morph it into something new yeah that's yeah, very good yeah yeah and I that's, think that... that's something we have to do though isn't it you know with this world because a lot of people are having to go online right now and there is oh. this pressure that you must have webinars and you must have summits I've, I've been on quite a few of them recently myself and it's great if, if they can produce something you know for me it's about getting the knowledge out there but right. it, it's it's about how do you pivot your business to deal with this pandemic that's still going to be with us at least another nine months or a year uh, and you're also dealing with people who are not in the same economic uh, situation as they were in before right. so you have to to be able to go with a different flow and very often keeping it simple, going back to basis yeah. and, and using something that's already tried and true works. Right. I have one more thing I want to say. Hold on one second. Um, so one of the other aspects of creating original content as we've been talking about for entrepreneurs in particular is it really helps in, and I've seen this a lot uh, in my own business is it helps the entrepreneur to really galvanize their own thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's suppose I'm working with a entrepreneur who is an expert in um, time management or stress management, or they're an expert in as you know leadership uh, training. 
I really encourage them, even if it's once a month, to write an article. Mm. And as they write that article, they're they're helping to uh, get better at explaining themselves mm. and articulating what they believe about that topic. And this is what I noticed with, as a speaker. When you stand up in front of an audience and you're being paid for 60 minutes, um, you have to be very clear about what you believe about that topic. And um, you, you can't just kind of mumble your way through it. People are looking for what are the three steps? What are the five solutions? What are the seven insights, you know? And so when you write a blog article, it's intended to go from here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Secondly, here's why I'm writing about the problem. Right. I call that the personal, the personal set. And then thirdly, here's my promise to you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's problem, personal, why am I writing about this? And then promise. I'm going to, I'm going to help you to get from where you are now to some future state. And so because PBS, of the nature, you know, problem, personal solution, right? Yeah, and yes. exactly. And because of the nature of a blog, you've only got six or 800 words and then they, yeah. they're out of there, right? It's not like, um, I don't know, there's seven episodes or something, yes. or there's going to yes. be three seasons. And so it really helps the entrepreneur. So to, to get very clear about, okay, first of all, what's a specific problem that I know my people have? Because if you, you can't just write about time management, you can't just write about leadership, you have to write about delegation, mm. right? Or yeah. you have to write about, you can't just write about conflict resolution, or, you know, you need to write about what happens if you're dealing with an angry employee. What happens if you have an employee who is being a disruptive within your team or whatever? So you have to figure out what's the specific problem you're trying to address. And then why is it that you're an expert? Like, what is it that you can say that, uh, that makes this article, like, why is it you're writing about this article? And it might, just, it might not be because of personal experience. It might be because you've just done some research. There's some new statistics. You have a client that's gone through this, um, something like that. And then you have to get to this, uh, you know, relatively specific solution yeah. that solves the problem. You've just described my podcast altogether. You know, what right. is the issue? How did you personally deal with it? Because again, right. the personal touch, right? My personal experience is, right. and this is what I did with the solution that can help you with your problem. That's it. Exactly. Right. And so for an entrepreneur to go from being a practitioner mm -hmm. to selling a product is a big leap mm -hmm. because yes. a product by nature is packaged. As a practitioner, you can kind of talk your way around it. You can have all sorts of different approaches. You can have many different sessions, but as a product, whether that is coaching or whether that's an online course or whether that's a book or whatever it is, it has to, you get one shot at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, to go from practitioner to product, you, it's really helpful to, to uh, practice creating content, practice solving problems in a blog format. I, I, I do that myself. I write for another blog thing every month. And um, uh, the other day I was had to do a title for um, 
uh, a summit I'm going to be on. It just had to be very short, but I got okay. inspired and ended up, you know, sending them the short bit and then writing a full blog on it right. so, <laughs> because right. it, it needed to come out. Right. So um, and that relativity of that moment is going to touch somebody that's in, in that same um, same world. Now, you have the professional writers that write for you. How do you find your writers and kind of what opportunities do you have? For writers. Oh, that's a great question. So uh, we have a uh, we have eight writers now that have been working for me uh, for some of them for over three years, some of them longer. And typically, if I'm looking for a writer, I'm going to hire a writer to do one or two articles. So I use a number of platforms to go and search for them. Uh, they also sometimes come through referrals from other you know writers that I'm already working for me. And uh, a typical writer for me might have eight clients or 12 clients or something like that. Um, yeah, so it's uh, that's so we typically will I'll search for them through referrals or online uh, some online tools. And then once I have uh, I, once I have some of them that are interested, I'll give them some assignments and, right. and try them out. So yeah. you're, you're marrying their skill and their business understanding with the people's business so that they actually understand not only the business that that person's in, uh, obviously getting to know that person so right. they're representing them, but they understand what it is they're writing about. That's very good. That's true. And what we do, Sarah, is we, we try to make our writer's job as uh, easy as possible to get to the writing. So typically yeah. when you're writing a blog, as you know, there's a, there's a bunch of research that happens first. So obviously there's the topic, which has to be done from a search optimization point of view. Mm -hmm. So we actually spend quite a bit of time choosing our topics based on a whole series of steps to look for um, uh, looking at the search metrics. Yeah. Okay, so that, that takes quite a bit of time. And then there's, then secondly, once we've identified the topic, then the next is, to look at what's been written about this topic already. And then finally we get to the writing point. So with our writers, we do all that for them. Mm -hmm. All that's done for them. So when they sit down to write, you know, the way my business works is, well, they already know the client because they've been writing for that client, maybe right. for a year or longer. So they're already familiar with the, the style, the nuances, the history. And then, when they, and then we provide with them with, well, here's your topic. And then they sit down and write. Right, exactly. And, you know, as I said before, is that you're not meant to be good at all aspect of your business. You are right. good at what you do. Concentrate on what you do. And right. there are other hats that you have to put on that you may not be so great, but, you know, you, you muddle through it and you can. And then there's other ones where you go really out of my out of my realm. This is right. just not me. I don't have the time. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the desire. And this right. is where you turn to somebody else that can help you. And I'm, you know, I, one of the wonderful gentlemen that I came across one day is called The Blind Blogger. And oh. I read a blog by him and I was just so inspired by um, just his chutzpah for life to the fact that he's completely blind. And, wow. uh, you know, he, he came on my show. He was the first one. He now has his own podcast. He went to... Uh, um, New York Times Square for for New Year's Eve as a blind blogger on his own, you know, as a blind oh. guy. He's just got chutzpah, you know, and that's what I love. I love people who've got that 
let's give it a try you know let's yeah, try it and so that's amazing you know one thing you can't have in any form of your business is being timid you've got right. to be willing to try things and you have to be willing to give it time you know what you're, you're you're seeding you're watering you're nurturing oh it didn't work once well that's once you keep at it and you build and you build and you build. That's what it's about is building, isn't it? It might be one brick at a time. You might get one wall done at a time, but you've got to be persistent. Yep, I agree. Yep, I agree. And and I think in our today's climate, you need to also be willing to experiment. And we're seeing oh, yeah. that in the we're seeing that in the retail trade. We're certainly seeing that in food and beverage with uh you know, home delivery, closing yes. down, I mean, changing their, changing their menu structures. Uh, and so I think that even if you're not in a bricks and mortar type business, you should be considering how to ex experiment. And I, you know, I feel like when I get on these interviews that I, I sound like I'm bashing social media and I'm really promoting blogging, but I don't really, it's not really my, my objective, what I'm, what I'm trying to encourage entrepreneurs to do is to create content of any kind. That you can share and on I, social media. Exactly, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, but, but in particular, create the kind of content that makes people stop and think. That's uh -huh. what's going to develop and invite, a following. And invite them. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what will develop a following. And spending your days just pecking away, trying to build up Facebook is to me a waste of time. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's a it's a great thing to do personally maybe but it's not a great thing if you think that's going to grow your business what you need to do is you need to create the kind of content that makes people come to you yes as opposed to interrupting them and when right. you create that kind of content where they come to you like uh, there it may, when by the time someone parks their car pays for parking walks down the street and comes in your store you're well on your way to making a sale, right? That's right. what you want. You want people to actually come to you, not just keep interrupting them and hoping right. that you're going to get their attention. Deliberate attention. Right. So you're putting out the content. When people respond to that content, that is your invitation. Now interact right. with them. Ask right. them questions. Form a conversation. Then you set up the chat. That's right. Right? That's right, exactly. So in my case, <coughs> the next step is for them to join my mailing list to look at my price list and then to get on a phone call. Right, exactly. Pretty simple. And I don't care that it's not everybody. I just need a small percentage right. of people to do that every day. And then we're off to the races and now I have a viable business. But yes. for me to think I need to reach everybody in the world is just ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, it's, well, you, you won't know, be able to cope with everybody in the world. You know, this is thing well, niche market. Right. Take care good, of the clients good. that you can take care of. Stop trying to, you know, be everything to everyone. It's impossible. I promise I suppose, you. I suppose, but you know, you did tempt me there. I think I could take on the world. I just delegate <laughs> more. Just take me a few more employees. <laughs> well, I I do love blogs. I am a blog reader. Um, you know, I like not only you know I'm very much about inspiration begets invitation. Right. And even if it just invites me to make a comment or to thank for the article, you know, it's something that has moved me or, or you know, set something or, or is an invitation for a conversation. Right. And the thing is, is putting it out there instead of just the minus one sentence or just the like, you know, it's engagement. You're giving people content to be engaged about. It's right. the hook on the fishing, fishing line, isn't it? That's right. Exactly. It's it's the hook on the fishing line and it gets the fishermen to come back a second time, which is yeah. what I really like. Yeah. 
exactly and and uh, you know once obviously you have that clientele it is a, a steady clientele why it's not a once you know it's something that now people have got that relationship they trust you they know that you're going to represent them and put out an article that's going to draw the fisherman in right yeah exactly well it's working well I, i'm i'm really loving it and we're seven years in and it just seems to be growing week by every week well i mean you know when you find something you love doing right. and you see it working and you see it's got growth and that you're still inspired by it, then you're on the right track. Right, right, right. exactly, yeah. So if somebody wanted to write for you or if somebody sure. wished to be a client and know more about what you're doing, how do they get hold of you? Sure, so the website is yourblogworks. Pretty simple, yourblogworks.com. And if they go to yourblogworks.com, they should find all the information they need right there. And, um, there should be a place there for them at the bottom if they are interested in becoming a writer and they can they can write to us and then we will look at their work and see what kind of writing they do right and obviously the writer you're looking for are obviously people that also have some form of industry behind them so they can represent the businesses they're writing for correct like we don't write personal blogs so we're right. not writing personal blogs travel blogs recipe right. blogs we're writing blogs for people that have businesses and so in particular, I'm only interested in uh, talented writers who can write for service professionals. Right. So I don't want to see general interest op-eds or anything like that. I want to see something that promotes a business, a service business. So, yeah. Yeah, So yeah, because uh, it's relatability. You know. How can you represent someone if you don't understand what the business is? Right. It's great. It's great to write opinion. Uh, yeah. articles it's great to write about those sorts of things we just don't have any clients that need right. that so i'm looking for people that know or news items i don't need that i'm looking for people that know how to write about a business so it's everything from financial advisors to consultants to leadership experts to um it professionals you know we have a whole host of we write for over 15 industries right now wonderful great <laughs> and the door is open for more right right Right. Well, you know, um, as I said, I love blogging and, um, you know, I really think it's a wonderful way to express in my way. I'm always writing, you know, I have my own show every week where I'm sorry for your life, where I just kind of, you know, speak to the times and uh, it, it becomes my opinion or it becomes you know, an observation that I think mm, we need to change. But it's always an invitation to come back and listen to the people that have the solution for you. And that is there's something that's really, really important. Now, you have your own site, HughCulver.com. I do indeed. Yep. So and people will find what they're the same thing. No, HughCulver.com is where I blog about um, productivity and those sorts of topics uh, about getting older, uh, about retiring, topics like that. So we don't retire. If we love what we're doing, we don't retire. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I haven't contributed to that website for a long time because it's just not. Uh, there's no business on that website anymore. Right. So it's all on yourblogworks.com. But so it's that's actually your... hughcolver.com is a much bigger website actually. Okay. So there's still lots of knowledge and tips and everything else and a way for people to get to know you. Too. Well, it gets a lot more, it, unfortunately it gets a lot more traffic. It's um, bit, but that's the nature of a blog. It's been building traffic. That yes. website's been building traffic 
since um, 2011. Mm. So it's got a lot of traction and that's the way blogs work. And people, it's just hard for people to understand this, but a blog is an investment. It's not some throwaway thing. Yes. And so my website's a great example. My website is probably getting more traffic than any of my clients. And I don't, I don't even write blogs for it anymore, mm. but that's okay. the way search engines work. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I call myself a plotter. You know, it's um, for the last seven and a half years, I've had my own network and it literally is one show at a time, one blog at a time, one piece of information at a time. And it's uh, it just has its own good, solid following with a constant slight increase, slight increase. So, you know, don't go into something, I want 10,000 people, you know, it's right, right. You know, be willing the one step in front of the other and build solidly because you do want a solid foundation, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Don't forget your sister-in-law. I want to definitely in, uh, interview her. We, we need to, especially going into the winter, we need more on how to protect our immune system. Okay. Um, so absolutely love to speak to her. And, uh, you know, a blog says so much. And the, one of the things I love what you said about slow down. You know, everybody's chasing their tails and running around kind of in a bit of a hysteria. What do I do now? What do right. I do now? A, you've got to pivot your business. And how do you let people know what you're doing through the blog? Be invitational, be inspirational. And uh, let, you know, through that blog, if people have read it to the end, you've got them engaged. Right. 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 And it right. might be they come back and read a few of those blogs before they decide to reach out. But what you've done is created an interest that they want to know more. Right. You've planted the seeds. Keep watering them. Well put. Very well put. All right, love. Well, thank you very much for sharing. And uh, it's a wonderful idea. I think it's a great program. And for many of those people who just can't, don't have time or don't know how to do it, it's it's a wonderful service to to offer everyone. So Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. So thank you very much. Remember, folks, it doesn't matter if it's old fashioned. If it still works, if it's still got validity, then you keep on using it. And blogging is is actually something that's back growing in a very, very big way. So using it for your business can have great advantage. You don't have time to write it. Hugh's got the people that do. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.